What is up? And welcome into the Easy Smoke and the GM podcast on this uh, somber Bears Monday. Uh, I think we really thought that they had turned the corner after 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 beating the Lions. That's the way we, the way we talked, man. And and keeping Eberflus and everything was just perfect. Well, almost anyway. <laughs> And then they they lose like they did to the Browns yesterday. Double-digit lead in the fourth quarter. Uh, third time they've blown a double-digit lead in the fourth quarter this year. And um, Smoke, I think you said it best. I saw you on, on social media. The coaching staff took a, a, a serious uh, 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 backslide mm-hmm. or step back, I should say yesterday and yesterday's game um i think they have to take the 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 brunt of of what happened in cleveland uh no doubt no doubt about it yeah um and in particular i was saying Eberflus because his defense played so well so what we have been seeing from his defense is them finishing the last two wins they finished what we saw yesterday was what we saw a little worse than what we saw in the Detroit game where it was just bad, bad defensive scheme. And it was really just on that very last possession where they got the field goal. I think the one with Cooper was more so just terrible execution by the secondary there. But, but yeah, I say took a step back with Eberflus in my opinion, because that that was a that was a heartbreaker. I don't feel we took a step back with Getsy. I think we've been right where we were at with Getsy. No, I'm not saying I'm not I see your face, Jim, but I'm I'm more so saying how you've been talking about him is what we saw. So like I'm not I'm not we didn't take a step back from Getsy. Getsy just continuing to prove that he's the he's the issue. He's the issue. Yeah, we had some some personnel issues as well in this game that we can touch on, but too often in key situations, key play calling situations, the play call is bad. I'm not even going to trip on the the fourth and one with Justin rolling out. I'm not even going to trip on that one. But I am going to trip on a third and one. Just a trip. Yeah, yeah, he tripped. (laughs) He tripped. tripped. But I'm not. He got got tripped because somebody missed a block. I ain't ain't saying that. I'm going to get to that. I'm going to get to that. I'm going to get to that. But but the third and one running a jet sweep with Tyler Scott. Or or you, at this point in the game, was it? 17-17 17-17 or was it 17-10 where you open the drive with a pitch to to Herbert and you lose five? Mm-hmm. You you did not help your offense by staying in front of the chains. You did everything you can to stay behind them and then and then want Justin to make something happen. And then it always turns on him to where it's like, oh, he can't, he he's not doing enough. 
Well, let's go back to what he did do. First off, Darnell Mooney. Oh my God. And and you wanna tag you in? Oh no, no, I'm saying bye. Later, oh. Darnell. It's a contract. <laughs> Sorry, son. You can play for somebody else. So very first throw of the game was to him, I'm not mistaken. It was a it was, it was an overthrow. To me, I thought it was an overthrow. And one of my boys called me and he was going off. He's like, Mooney got to make a better play on that catch. He could turn and go. I'm like, no, nah, you know, he's in full stride, defender right on him. I'm like, it's kind of tough for him to make that catch. But then you got the the ball that it looks was a looked to be a terrible throw by Fields where it almost got picked, where 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 Mooney just turns and is just waiting for it to come right. to him he didn't go back versus to the ball. going back to the ball. Right. You drive hard on the ball, you either catch it or you get a pass interference call. You never know. Then you got what looked to be almost another interception where he apparently slipped where he was supposed to come back out. Then you got the block, the miss block. It it, it was like, man, like this is terrible for Mooney, man. This was very bad. And in a moment, and what you saw was Justin understood that his top target was hobbled. And he made a consensus effort to go to Mooney. This is your opportunity to step up. And and he had the, nine targets, two catches. In the week where where Mooney, you know, publicly said that he didn't like the fact that he wasn't being targeted enough. Be careful what and, you ask for, you might just get it. And and, and, then, and then you come with that performance. Then that, that's that's bad. Man, then I didn't even mention the Tanyan. That that shit there is like Dude. oh my god. <laughs> If Tungan is wearing green and gold, he catches it's that. It's a catch for a touchdown. Oh, yeah, we're burning. Easy. It's a catch Easy. for a touchdown. But because he wears our colors, it's a drop. You know, I, I've only seen, and I've seen a lot of football, as we all have. Uh, I've seen a lot of football in my lifetime, collegiately as well as professionally. And uh, there have been a few times in my life watching football. We're talking about 50 years here that I can recall, at least 45 plus that I've seen such bad, bad drops in my life, man. And that is right up there. I remember Anthony Morgan. You may or may not remember Anthony Morgan. I remember Anthony Morgan. He was drafted by the Bears. You know where Anthony Morgan played his college ball? Anybody? Anybody? Yes, University of Tennessee. (laughs) (laughs) So he came in a class after mine. So I've seen Anthony Morgan. I remember in the gym before when they redshirted him. Somebody's like, man, dude, yeah, man, that's that that right there, man. That's our few. That's going to be reading weekly national championship. And who could argue with 6'3, 215, running a 4'4, almost sub 4'4 speed? I mean, dude looked like, looked like, he looked like DK Metcalf. Okay, almost. He just looked athletic as all get out. I remember. We were ranked seventh in the country, playing Georgia or Alabama, whatever, whichever one it was, on national TV, Saturday night game. I'm like, oh, man, I came to the right school, man. Man, we big time, baby. Oh, man, this is awesome. Anthony Morgan was wide the fuck open. I mean, like he had about at least seven, eight yards between him and the next defender. And, and, and with, with the yards, you know, increasing as he was running away from the dude, wide open. <laughs> It was right. All you had to do was just 
put his hands in, he had to squeeze a nothing right through the bed basket. It was like, oh my God. But you're like, okay, you're a shirt freshman. Maybe the moment was kind of big on ESPN, you know, okay. You realize came right back later on that game, same fucking damn play, same wide open. He dropped it twice. Like, oh my God. He played had the body of Tarzan plays like Jane. Can't catch the ball. Came to the Bears, and I'm like, oh, I don't know how this story's gonna turn out. I just I didn't see this dude. And he was okay with the Bears. But to your point, guess when he left the Bears, what team did he go to? Green Bay. Green Bay. Everything. <laughs> he was catching everything. <laughs> Robert Tanya come here and does the reverse. And dude, Crazy. I mean, that was a loaf of bread. And when I say bread, I'm talking about Hawaiian King bread. It was so soft. That pass was so feathery. And as I'm watching the pass, I'm thinking like, man, Justin put a lot of air underneath that. That's, I hope that person's why. Oh my God, he's so open. I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> and, then, and then I thought to myself, I said, man, you know, sometimes they say that's the hardest one to kick. Before I could finish the thought, that motherfucker dropped it between his man. hands. It was like, how do you drop that? Dude, had that it, was, he had it twice. He had it twice. Dog, I Dude. swear, I, I had the same thoughts, Glenn. <laughs> Seeing him when he left his hand, I'm like, man, he's like floating this up there. Right. right. It can't make it any easier, <laughs> man. <laughs> the ball says, look, I'll catch you. Just keep running. You ain't got to do nothing. Because the first angle is just him. It's <laughs> no, it no it's you don't body. know where the ball is going no. to. Like, oh man. It's like, how do you fight the ball that badly and lose? And you're a vet. I'm thinking, like, do you drop that because you just ain't caught the ball all year? I mean, how how do was the moment too big for you? And as bad as that was, no, and that was pretty damn bad. He, he caught those from Aaron Rodgers. I, I know, dude. I, I I say that because I'm just trying to find an answer. As bad as that was, I know we're going to talk about the Mooney drop in the end zone. The Mooney drop in the end zone. I'm like, how do you – I still can't understand how you drop – how you fight the ball there and lose that. Like, it literally just fell in your lap. Wait, don't – not only did he did he just it, – it landed right in his hands, right, on the ground. Just, man, just sit there. Just it sit lands. there. He somehow kicked the ball. I know. Up. Up. And it gets intercepted. How, how does that happen? Justin got two exactly. interceptions that he should not have had. The first one fell on the ground. The first one may have fell on the first ground. First one shouldn't even be a pick. Shouldn't even be a pick. Yeah, I don't count. I don't count. Those are not. I don't. I don't count those. No, no, no. I understand that, but statistically, it's going to show in the stats. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean, and, and 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 it's proof that people don't watch games because right, punk ass Colin Cowherd talking about he he only threw one touchdown, had two picks, turnovers. Again. <laughs> are you kidding me? What? <laughs> this is classic FS one. I'm like, he had dog. two picks. I'm like, dog. Like he talking about his man. fourth quarter, his fourth quarter being bad and his turnovers. He like he's had 39 turnovers in 36 games. He had two more picks yesterday. That's called that's that's called looking at box scores. That's it. That's what they do. Watching the game through a box score. Oh, I, I saw one person. I think I was watching CHGO, and you know they had the super chats and people make the, they write in their comments or whatever. It's one guy's like, I I'm, I'm tired of this. He's got, he's got to, he being justice, got to go only 166 yards and one touchdown. I'm thinking, like, dude, seriously? Like, do you realize that they dropped like uh, almost 100 yards worth of passes today? Man, literally. <laughs> think about literally. Literally. 100 yards Over 100 today. yards pass. He should have had like two touchdowns and like 260, 50, 60, 70 yards passing. Because a catch that's going untalked about right now. In a very key moment, was Tyler Scott's drop, uh huh, and yes. that and on that final final drive, yeah, yes, which 
you know what? He dropped it, but I'm almost glad he did because he would have caught that in bounds and that would have moved. They would have wasted some, some that, time. And that, but yeah, that's still. No, I understand it, but to his credit, and I'll say this to Silas Scott's credit, and I'm only I'm giving him credit because he's just new here and he's a rookie, so I'm giving you a little bit of latitude. A pass. Mm-hmm. He came back. And to me, it's it's you're gonna make mistakes. I don't care who you are. You're gonna have. He did make a there. play after that. Yes, yeah. he came back. Not a that's just up play. That was a significant play. Yeah, because he caught that and went up field by another twenty plus yards. So to me, it's what you do after you faced adversity. How do you come back after you've fallen? Just with Justin in the, in the Vikings game, you know, those two fumbles were just unconscionable. Mm-hmm. And and again, the second one, you look like he's about to cry on national TV. But how you how you survive that and, and thrive afterwards says to me more about who you are and where you can potentially go. And so with that, you know, maybe the moment was big for Tyler at that moment, but he came back. He's like, you know what? I got to make up for that. Same thing with Cole Komet because Cole Komet messed up. We should have had the one yard plunge at the end zone, and Cole Komet messes <laughs> up. It. I said Cole. I said Cole owes Justin dinner because he yeah. messed that up, and then right. Justin made an incredible play, right, and went to him for the touchdown. Right, but but, but to Cole's credit, again, I messed up. How do you come yep. back from that? Mm-hmm. And and you know, Justin had to put on this cape again. But Cole Komet was like, "Hey, look, man, I'm gonna I, hit me. I'm, I'm gonna make this right," and he did. And and that's 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 the, to me a testament. And I. And I, I look at that and I say, okay, how do you come back from the mistakes you make? And the thing with Getsy, and I, I know I'm transitioning real quick, like, but Getsy to me, the problem is you keep making the same mistakes over and over again. And I, I was losing my, my 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 shit on this thread that I shared with several people from the workplace. And I'm like, look, man, I don't, you know, kudos to Getsy for that play that got Tungan open. That was a hell of a play. I don't know what that play was. But Tunyon was wide to F open. I mean, like, I'm like, dude, and that's against the number one defense in the, in the, in the NFL. And that number one after week two, number one after three months of football. Okay. Mm-hmm. Legit play. I'm like, oh my God. Like, dude, we're moving the ball on number one defense. Justin, that should be, and then, you know, dude doesn't execute. That's not on anybody but Tunyon. Okay. But then, to, like we say, what do you do after that? And the fact that here we are, three months into the season. After last year watching the, the, the brotherly shove from the from the Eagles, the tush push, whatever you want to call it, and then everything else that's happened this year, and you still, as an offensive coordinator, cannot design a play to get us one yard, I, I just that is unfathomable to me. Week after week after week, and it has cost us. It cost us a game against Denver because that play in of itself may at that time specifically not cost the game, but it's a play that leads to a play that does screw us over. Because if we get that first down or third and one, we're playing Denver. It never leads to Eberflus having to make a call and then Justin being turned around, getting hit, and he fumble. You know, you know what I'm saying? It, it gets lost in the in the in the in the it's minutia of things. Effect. It's a domino effect. It gets lost in the minutia things because people focus on the next play or the the bad result that happens afterwards. But it's like you said, it's that domino that precedes all the other bad shit that happens afterwards. And it's time and time again. We can't get the first down. We get that first down with Justin, you know, and Mooney. I, you know, do you blame Getsy because Mooney doesn't make the block? I, I, I don't. A, a better play, maybe you don't put Mooney in that position. No, I don't have. You know block. what? I don't have a problem with that play. I, I I understand, but my point is, if you had a better, more like, dude, part, part of our success last year was that we were one of the best rushing teams in the league. Part of the success when we have had success is that we run the ball well. 
our offensive line likes to run the ball. Offensive line likes to be physical. And I know we lost Tevin Jenkins at one point, but you put him in there with Cody Whitehair comes in there. He's a, he's more than a serviceable offensive lineman. You have a, a run, you have a wire or excuse me, a quarterback who's six four, two twenty something. I, I don't understand. You got you got Mercedes Lewis as <laughs> one of the more premier. You know he go he can go to the Hall of Fame of blocking tight ends if there was such a thing. Here's your here, here's your problem though. You got sixty two at center. But it's it's weird to me. Not yeah. He's he's not good, but. And I'm sorry, I'm sorry, smoke. No, no, no. Cutting, but I've been clamoring for the Bears to get a fullback for the last 15 years after they got rid of Jason McKee, right? You finally get a a, a decent fullback in Corey Blasting game. You don't use him. We don't use him. And you think about the one play we did use him, he pushed Garrett out of the way just enough and Justin threw a nice pass downfield. I formation dive. But it's what's weird to me. Why, is why can't we? Why can't we run that? Simple play. One yeah, yard. It seemed like, what's crazy. Two things. Because down that you just said that, and I, I finally got me a PS Five, and I got mad. Oh, brother! Okay. Oh, let's do yeah, this. open something up now. Here we go. <laughs> and and when, and it was funny too, because somebody posted saying, "Man, Lou Getzey can't even call a good game on Mad." And I and I and I swear to you, it's so many times when I'm playing with and I play with the Bears. So it's so many times where coach's suggestion is the same play for every option. I'm like, bro, like, give me something else. And the the dive, a high back dive, is a popular play on the coach's suggestion yeah. on Madden. But but that's neither here nor there. But uh. Fullback dive. But 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 what but what's <laughs> but what's weird to me is how the QB sneak was popular before the tush push. Yes. It's been around forever. Now all of a sudden everyone's trying to tush push and can't do it, but one team? <laughs> Something's weird about that to me. I'ma just y'all know me. Y'all know I'm a conspiracy theorist. But like now all of a sudden people everyone but philly has a problem on four for one not not to the consistency of us yeah but but if you look around the nfl i've seen so many teams get stopped on four for one definitely trying to do the tush push right they can't do it outside of fit like just do a regular damn quarterback sneak tom brady made that shit work all the goddamn time why we gotta do it I think I think you're right. You 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 need a good center, and Jason Kelsey is a Hall of Fame caliber center, and that may be a big reason why that works. Plus, the athletic oh, that, it's, it's the only it's the only reason it works. He's he's able to somehow get lower than everybody else, and is able to 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 keep leverage and push the power forward. And you got you got a quarterback that can freaking squat six hundred pounds. Right. And you got yeah. AJ Brown pushing him, mm-hmm. so it's, it correctly it works. Yeah, it works. You know, it works. Guy, you don't have the smallest guy on your team yeah. pushing you from right, and, push, right. and pushing them from right. up here, right? Top of his damn back. AJ, AJ AJ Brown could play linebacker. You know what I'm saying? He's that strong. Yeah, it's not gonna work if if you got Darnell Mooney pushing you. That don't that don't work. 
So it's, it's all about personnel, knowing what you can do. And we, I think we 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 do have some players that can that can get some things done. We just don't put them in in the right position, which goes to succeed. To host, which goes back to the whole seat. You, know, you don't know how to utilize your personnel. And if is it if among the many things that I'm uberly critical about when it comes to Getsy, one of the things one of the things that's not talked about enough, in my opinion, it's not talked about enough. Is his underutilization of the talent that he has on the team. You, know, you got Mercedes Lewis. Where'd you get him for? If you're not going to use them on those kind of plays, on like third and one, third and two, only I'm, only player he used correctly, but he's always hurt is EQ. Yeah, right. I mean, it's it's like, dude, you you get all these running backs and you you're not using them to their to their ability. You know, like Roshan, where where's Roshan on these third and ones? Where, you Yo. know, using using Foreman, and it's like, okay, Foreman does have place with physicality, but Roshan is a bit more explosive Man. and gets more of a body lean. So why aren't you using Roshan more on those? Yo, GM, I was watching CHGO, and uh, Carm, I think, made this point. Oh, my God. Carm uh, made a uh, point? Uh, made a point, and it's shocking. <laughs> you know, don't talk but, about but, my man Carm. <laughs> oh, I love Carm, but, but, <laughs> but you just, but you just, but you just opened that door by talking about Roshan. Okay, and he talked about how it just seems like Getsy is guessing. He like because every when you have a one yard play, it should be one particular running back you go to. He like with Getsy if it's fourth and one on the goal line. He's gonna go with Roshan. If it's four for one midfield, he's gonna go with Foreman. If it's four for one negative territory, he's gonna go with Herbert. It's like <laughs> you should have one particular back that you trust to get you that one yard. And it's like he never knows who to go to. Like it's and you just touched on it. It's like it's always somebody different. Well, here's a problem. To your point, to add to your point, the problem is when he goes, like you just said, if I'm the defense and I'm scouting you. Oh, okay, it's Herbert. So you're not running up the middle. You're going to go here. If it's Foreman, oh, okay, you're going to try and go up the middle off tackle. Or if it's Roshan, okay, you're going to go off the middle to the right side. So the defense can already pre-guess where you're going to go. They can pre-anticipate where you're going to go. So it works even against you because you're using these running backs specifically on these areas. Like you just pointed out, if it's here, it's here, it's here. So if you're looking at that and you and I and, and, and Ez are just, you know, professional observers, what do you think people who get paid hundreds of thousands of dollars on a weekly basis are doing to keep their job? Oh, okay. And how many times? Because <laughs> I swear to God, it's like, man, do, you, do stop sack. I'm glad Justin Smart he gets down now. How many times are you going to try these quarterback design runs where the defense is beating you to the spot? Man. It's like, dude, that's not working because – and then he'll go to the opposite side. Dude, so you think you fooled him because you're going to the opposite side? It's the same formation. They know what you're doing. When it, when the defense is penetrating that – how many times did we see uh, the, the cornerback? The cornerback in the, in the backfield. Dog, uh, how many times did you hear the broadcast say, it seems like they know the plays? They know the plays. He said Eberflus is chewing out the rest because the defensive line is getting – more of a jump than the O-line. You know what you're about to do. And that's that is a that if there's anything I'm blaming Eberflus about, and it's the same thing that we we're starting to hear, you know, the, the rumblings in Pittsburgh about when it comes to Tomlin, it's too much faith mm -hmm. and too long vested faith in coaches that aren't 
executing or doing what they need to do or making the appropriate changes appropriately. I mean, you know, you, you look at the Denver Broncos this year, and they started out with one and four, one and five, whatever it was, and that that embarrassing game against the oh. Dolphins. And it's like, it's like, dude, like that. I thought the defensive coordinator was pretty good. Like, man, I was, he he probably gonna keep his job after this. But then you saw Denver make changes, you know. Now, granted, they got their ass whooped not too long ago by the by was it the Raiders that whooped their ass so bad, or somebody mm. beat the crap out. No, that also uh, Detroit Sunday, Sunday. Detroit, I'm sorry, Detroit whooped their ass. <laughs> so, but. And, and they were doing things to pick the defense apart. But my point is, you saw adjustments being made. You saw improvement. When it comes to Getsy, it's like, dude, you are still struggling with the same small yardage situation. You're you're, you're handcuffed. You are literally handcuffing your dynamic players. This is the first time yesterday or, or, or Sunday's game where I saw Bayless Jones use a bit more than he had been using. And then all of a sudden, you didn't see him no more. It's like, dude, you had successful plays with him. Where, where, where is he? You know, did you did you try a mesh route? Did you try a quick, you know, slant? Again, where are the slants with all the speed, you know, with these guys? Where was a moving pocket with Justin? You know, it's like Flacco had more well, of a moving had, pocket, and he can't move. You had it in the first half, and it disappeared in the second half. You know, I, I can't remember what the stat was, or they said it, or I can't remember who said it. It was either for the fourth quarter, or it might have been for the second half, where Komet and Moore only touched the ball one time combined, and that was mm -hmm. Moore. That was a short pass. I don't know if it was for the half or for the fourth quarter. If it's for the fourth quarter, that's really bad. If it's for the half, that's just unconscionable. And that 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 goes on the offensive coordinator. How can you not have them involved? You know, especially especially if Moore is banged up, Komet should have been your, your go-to. Clearly, Justin trusts those two guys. Those two. Those are the two that he trusts. And, and that's, thank that's, God he do, because they both were my fantasy. <laughs> but <laughs> and, and and to me, that's that says a lot. It says something about Justin, but it says a lot about Getsy. It says a lot about what they're doing in practice and 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 how they're underutilizing talent enough to where you've got to find some, how is it that I watch all these other teams, all these other games, and I'm like, who is that dude? And he's getting the ball. <laughs> you know, repeatedly. You know, Noah Brown is like what the third guy, you know, on on the Texans, and this dude has more receptions than, you know, anybody not named DJ Moore commit on our team. You know, um, the of team all those receivers combined. The team we played yesterday. What what do they have that's so much better than what the Bears have? Amari uh, Cooper is DJ Moore. That yeah, is Joku is is commit. commit. Yeah. But but you still saw Moore get some passes. Now some of yeah. that was because him and Flacco have a bit of rapport from the Jets days. I get that. But you know you're seeing other and they went away from the run. The Bears actually stopped. The Bears convinced them you you're not going to run the ball today. And four being banged up and front not being completely healthy. But they they pretty much said you know what forget that we're going we're going to do this. And they made adjustments, man. I mean, and, and every time the big play came, I didn't move in the pocket. Because we were getting pressure when he was oh, yeah. standing. Yes. Oh, yeah. Yes. We were getting pressure. Well, Two big plays. <laughs> I, we got to get on one of those plays. Uh, and we can get on get on floose now. Yeah. A, a bit. But here's the thing, man. Even before we get on floose with that, and I, I know I'm, you know, I'm, I'm making excuses for people. I understand if that's the criticism levied towards me. I get that. 
but I, I, when I say that, I, I also try to say this. Keep in mind context. That defense, how many three and outs that we had for like that whole <laughs> that, second half? And yeah. if people talk about complimentary football, how, you know, the offense and the defense to complement one another in a positive way. People say, you know, so you can get that flow going. But it also works negatively, too. And complimentary football can work negatively against you. And when the offense is doing what it does, that the negative or the anti-complimentary aspect to that it becomes, your defense gets worn out. And, and it's a physical game, man. And they're out there giving it all. And the defense literally is the reason why you even score two touchdowns. Mm-hmm. Or I'm sorry, score one touchdown offensively, but basically you got 14 points off of off the defense. Right. And the de defense got you three interceptions. I mean, dude, I remember telling I was talking to my, my best friend, and I said, you know, he's like, who who you think's gonna win? And I never make bets with him personally because when I bet him, it always works against me. I, it's, you know, I'm like, I don't even like betting because you know it works against me. That's how my karma works against me. But I'm like, dude, I'm like. Look, man, I, I don't think we're going to win this game because I, I have more faith in their defensive coordinator than I do our than I do our, our offensive coordinator. At some point, it's going to show up. I said, but if we're going to have any kind of chance at all to win, our defense is going to have to really play its ass off and probably even score. I promise you. I swear to God, I said that to them. And as I'm watching the Bears go up 17 to 7, I'm like, man, I'm like, wow, I'm glad I was wrong that the Bears aren't going to win this game. <laughs> I should I should have kept that thought to myself, but that's the defense. It puts you in. A, the defense balled out the entire game, and for the defense to be seen as a scapegoat because they gave up over three hundred some odd yards passing to, to Flacco. They did two, two after fourteen in the fourth quarter. Right, right, yeah. After forcing you know three turnovers, and they had that guy beleaguered. I mean, had him looking on the bench like, damn, like I can't believe I'd have messed up this much. I think Flus on that play that we were about to allude to is I think he was like, I I, I need to do something <laughs> because I'm getting killed by a thousand cuts here. And he, he was counting, he was counting on that that pressure to get there because it had gotten yeah. there most of the day without really blitzing more I than one like, person. I feel on that, even like I said, even though I said he took a step back to me, I don't think he, it was a fireable offense. No. I'll no. say that. I still believe I still believe he's in, he's shown ah. enough improvement. I just felt he didn't take that next step in his improvement. He kind of took a step back. But on that play, I even though it pisses everybody off, pissed me off too. I think he out schemed himself there. He that he, stupid football. Stupid football. I'm a let me take you guys back to the spring of '98. I'm a freshman in college at Hampton University. I play defensive tackle. All right. We're in the meeting room and we're going over what plays we're gonna we're gonna be going through uh for that day's spring practice. And there's this zone blitz that's in there where the defensive tackle drops back into coverage. And I looked at that and I I questioned the my my defensive line coach <laughs> and said, wait a minute, you want me to drop back into coverage and cover somebody? I, I've never done that in my life. <laughs> Ever. Why would that be smart? And he's like, well, he disguises the, the uh disguises the 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 blitz scheme and blah. so somebody's gonna be open, I'm just telling you. And of right. course we did that. And I, you know, I dropped back to my landmark that I was supposed to do. And I run a five three forty. Not 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 ashamed to say that at the time. Yeah, that didn't work. That's stupid football. 
So why would you do that in an NFL game and put a defensive tackle to 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 cover one of the best tight ends in football? Why? So you're right, he did outscheme himself, but that that was just stupid. And and I don't know, maybe it's not fireable, but that 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 can't happen, especially in the fourth quarter, and you're trying to win a game. That's just demoralizing. Can't happen. Now I'm getting off my soapbox. Sorry. Uh, uh, <laughs> as soon as I saw it, I thought I I straight thought back to college, like that. That's for you. Never. You don't put guys that 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 have never covered anybody before. Maybe D. I get if you you if you drop your defensive ends back. Okay, they're a little more athletic. Tackle. Yeah, right. not not a defensive tackle. That's dumb. All right, back to I, our show. I, I, Sorry. No, no, I, I I can honor that. I can honor that. I can respect that. Do want it because we haven't mentioned this person. We got to give Montez some love. Oh. We gotta get Montez. He's a dog. <laughs> He's a dog. We gotta get Montez some love. Um, uh, Pose got Pose got this one right. Got this one right. He got this one right. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean the the man. We were worried because you know we didn't see the great production in Washington with you know the 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 really I'm not gonna say great the really good defensive line that they had because Chase Young's not great but he's you know. He's a talent. And who's the defensive tackle? Uh Allen. they just paid. Um uh, Washington. Was it Allen? It wasn't Allen? Was it Allen? Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but man, Tez, Tez can play, man. He's proven yeah. he can be that guy. And uh and he's improved the entire defensive line because of it. Mm-hmm. And they're better, they're a better defense now. So yeah, yeah, absolute kudos to uh to number ninety eight. Well, you know, to your point is with the, with the play design, I, didn't, I, I, I get it. Um, I do. And I, I think here's the thing, too, and it's not making excuses. If Ngakwe's not hurt, I don't think we have to call that play. Because as much pressure as we were getting with, with Montez, I think Ngakwe, I think you following him towards Ngakwe, we don't have to blitz like that towards the tail end. We, we, we were getting pressure with, with, with the front four, though. You didn't have to blitz. What I'm saying was we were getting – I think the fatigue of the defense was starting to show in the fourth quarter because Flacco was starting to get – So you put a tired defensive lineman into coverage? No, I, I'm not saying it was the best play design. What I'm saying I, is – I understand. I, I'm just saying I, that's I, I, I think what stupid. happens is I think it's desperate. <laughs> I, I, I think the decision was born more of, you know what, maybe he hadn't seen this all game. I'm trying I'm trying to get him a look fool. that they ain't seen oh, him That's what I think. I, I think he was trying to fool him. Yeah, I think, I think we had seen it all game, and we've been getting pressure on him. He can't really move, and he shouldn't be able to see enough to be able to complete this pass. The thing was, Flacco had a double clutch on that. If he doesn't double clutch, he doesn't take a little bit more time. Yeah, they got they got there. Right. But I'm saying Flac- Flacco, <laughs> Flacco's unflappable in a lot of ways. I mean, that, that dude looks, you know, he, he's got that implacable look anyway. And I just heard this stat today. Um, he's tied with only one other quarterback in the history of the NFL with the most playoff wins on the road. Now, hold on, hold on, let me think about that. Most playoff wins on the road. Mm-hmm. Uh, exactly. 
Uh, I'm gonna go with. No, they were always at home. Um, yeah, exactly. Who is the question? It? The question was phrased differently, and the answer was Joe Flacco. And I was like, I wasn't even thinking about Flacco. My initial thought was Eli Manning. Oh, that's a good know? one. Yeah, because they had they had Bulls. a lot of road, right? Right, right. Both Super Bowls they were both Super Bowl team. they was on the road, right? Right. And then I said, well, Brett Favre has played long enough, probably him. <laughs> and then who else did I think I said in Roethlisberger between Manning and uh, Brady being in the playoffs and then later on Mahomes, I'm thinking Pittsburgh didn't have a lot of home game playoff games. But to answer the question. Ken Stabler. <laughs> then I was thinking, I was trying to think like, man, who from a long time ago? I'm like, man, you know, Ken Stabler's a good one. I'm thinking like, man, was it uh, – you know, no, it couldn't be Dallas. They had too many. I'm like, was it who? But answer the question is, it's uh, it's Tom Brady. Tom Brady has the most road wins. Really? Well, think about with the Bucks. All those games are on the road. He got half of those. He got three of those that year. Yeah, I was gonna see the, re the reason I didn't say Brady was because a lot of games were at a home. lot of games were at home for for the Patriots. Right. Remember when they beat the when they beat the Chargers? That was in San Diego. So that's a win right there. And then you, the Tampa Bay run was three. So that's four wins right there, those combined. And then he's played for who knows how freaking long. And then his first year, when they were, you know, when they were they were going to the playoffs, that that, that road game uh, was well, actually he didn't win it. I think he started it with it, uh, against Pittsburgh. I think that was on the road. Um, but the Patriots early on, you know, they they, they played enough games that they've had. So they played, you know, they played some road games. You know, but majority of them, you know, but you play 20 years or whatever, you know. Yeah, that's <laughs> so what, that racks up. And you go to but, the playoffs every year. Right. But that, the question started off with get or uh, with Brady, who ties Brady with the most playoff road wins. Flacco was not even in my – like my first guess was Eli, then I said Favre, and then Roethlisberger. Those are my top three. All were wrong. I think Eli's got five. I think Roethlisberger has like three. Somebody else who you wouldn't think of has five or four. I think Favre has like four, but Flacco has seven. So all that to say that Flacco is a guy who has been around the block, obviously, you know, and for him to complete, you know, that pass, I don't know if any other quarterback with that, without that kind of experience completes that pass. It, it was a gamble and it didn't work. Same thing with you, you look at, uh, at Flores, that, that, that Vikings game, the whole game, they beat the crap out of Justin Fields. We couldn't score a touchdown. Do, do you play the deep? The defense didn't allow you to score a touchdown the entire game and you still lose, you know, but that last drive, what does he do? He doesn't blitz him like he did before. Why? Well, he's been seeing this. We've lost a couple of times. I don't want this explosive guy to make one big play. I, I can't I, – I, I don't think he has enough wherewithal to where he's going to be able to make plays in a zone, blah, blah, blah. We just need a stop. And you beat yourself in a way that you weren't playing the entire game. That's a, but that's, it, a, good, that's a good way to put it. But it was third and 15. <laughs> I, I do. I look, yeah, man. That. How many times have we watched the Bears lose a game? I mean, even back in the Lovey Smith days, you know, the safety makes a mistake and runs up, and, and then fucking Favre beats not Favre, but uh, Rogers beats us. Well, Favre pass, too. <laughs> right? But Rogers beats us on the play. That it's like, dude, like we have this game won. They don't even make the playoffs. We don't even see them in the playoffs, let alone the AFC uh, NFC Championship game. If they just, you know, win that game, you make that one play. You know, it has, it's poor, but it has to come down to that. But even with that being said, here's the thing that, again, where I get pissed off with the whole Justin Fields thing. Justin, once again, is asked to do the fucking impossible. 
And not because he doesn't do his part. But someone else does their part. But, like, but he threw two good Hail Mary passes. Like you, you can't ask Aaron Rodgers to throw a better Hail Mary pass. And the ball literally falls in the dude's lap. And we could have come away with a win and Justin could have saved everybody's ass. And and let's and let's and let's elaborate on that. First off, let's go back to the Hail Mary in the first half. Everyone's coming at flutes because we didn't kick it. I keep telling people. You have to know the kicker told him he wasn't comfortable there. Mm-hmm. So in that instance, you take a shot at the end zone. Yeah. Like people are like, but now Justin got an intercept. Who gives a damn? It was a fucking hail mary. Yeah, you mary. take a chance. Yeah, nobody, you don't just yeah. you don't just tuck your tail and go in the locker room without throwing it in the end zone. Right. That's no. You listen. You listen to your kicker. He knows. Well, it's wet. It's call. bad weather, and the wind's going against you. So. And it, and it should have been a roughing call. It yep. should have been a roughing call, no doubt. Yes, you make the you, field goal. You make the roughing call. Guess what, people? We get the three. Okay, that's that's that. On the next, on the last drive of the game, leading to the last hail mary. Like you said, we think we need Justin to do the impossible. How many seconds was left? Thirty-two. Thirty-two. And we, we got, got the, the ball. ball. Yep. <laughs> With a dropping ball, and he still gets down there. So Close enough to make a difference. Here's what's. It's small things that go unnoticed to the naked eye. In the past, what Justin has been in those moments, it has been a forced throw turnover. Maybe he held the ball too long on a getting sacked, strip sacked. Even in this loss, I still look back at the moment against Minnesota. Mm -hmm. That wanes strong with him. Mm -hmm. He handled that 32 seconds with so much poise. We just didn't have enough time to get in better field goal range. Better better range on the field. But we still had an opportunity where the ball <laughs> drops in our receiver's lap on a Hail Mary. For a moment, I thought, I don't know how long a moment, how fast the brain and thought, the speed of thought works. But the speed of thought in my mind went, we won the game, we won the game. How do we fucking lose the game? <laughs> it was just like, I was like, oh, no, we got to oh, – dude, I, I've never seen someone just drop a ball like that that easy. Not, like, not like, that, like, like that is – that one we talk about, Tunyons. Dude, if I'm asleep and you drop a ball on my stomach, I'm going to hold on to it. It's not gonna pop up in the air. Five You're not gonna kick it. You might it wait, wait, wait. It might fall, but I'm not gonna kick it. Dog. It's just like I saw somebody say, man, these are the best athletes in the world. There's no way your instincts are that off when you do all that. I've never seen two guys he, fight the ball and lose like that. If he caught that ball. Man, he would, we talking he, about Mooney get a payday. Man, <laughs> well, well, at least it wipes away his horrible day. It, it definitely been, wipes it away. Would, his it would have been game. one of the greatest moments in in Bears history. It would have been up there with the Mike Brown interceptions. Yes, yes, yes. You're right. I mean, too. and then Justin would have been like, man, that dude. Stop. You know, he had to put on his kick because the only touchdown we did get, Justin had to be Superman. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Miles I mean, Garrett had him. 
Yes. And you and, and you and you don't do that to Miles Garrett. No, we you don't you don't you don't elude Miles Garrett, dog. Like, like dog, we we watched Tevin Jenkins run into Miles Garrett and then he concussed. I'm sorry, it's not funny, but yes. He he literally ran into the man's chest with his head and left the game looking dizzy to the motherfucker. <laughs> I'm like, bro, that's cr- I'm like, anybody noticing this? Because it didn't look like he twisted nothing or nothing. He coming off the field, blinking them eyes like he lost. <laughs> and they showed a replay. I'm like, bro, that can't be all that happened. Somebody had to <laughs> jump on this man's head or something. That was all that happened. Like, man. And here's the thing. To Justin's credit, Justin kept his composure. Like you said earlier, composure. He kept his composure after getting away from my – look, dude, I get away from Miles Garrett. I'm running. I'm like, ah! Because <laughs> I'm, like, I'm thinking he's right behind me. And, and, and old Justin probably would have tried to run the score. This Justin ran, kept his composure, and threw a dart. He threw a dart in the end. I'm like, dude, hell of a play. Even even the inimitable Kevin Cross at NBC said, uh, you know, he, who's been the anti-Justin Fields person for quite some time. Not because he doesn't like him personally, just because he feels embarrassed, he needs to move on, blah, blah, blah. He said that was special. I'm like, wow, finally got you coming around. Like, yeah, dude, not everybody can do that. Caleb Williams ain't doing that, bro. No. Caleb Williams is getting tackled. No. He, he's going down with an arm tackle. He ain't strong enough like that. No, Alex Brown was blaming everybody else yesterday. I was I was shocked. I'm like, whoa. It's the same Alex Brown? He was on Mooney's head. He was on Tanya's head. He, I'm like, okay. Yeah. Y'all watching the game with just – just watching and seeing everything that's possible. Like, mm-hmm. and still, I hear not not everybody, but because I, I I know Mike Greenberg on on uh, Greeny on um, get up get up get up and you know other ESPN ventures and, and, and platforms, however, has been saying things like I think they should keep stay with Justin Fields. Like Justin Fields is not the problem. You know, like, why do you move on? Why don't you build around him? He's kind of been on that tip a little bit. But Just I hear some, is on it real hard. Right, he's on it real hard. And I, I still hear some people like, you know, invariably like, well, I just can't see them keeping him because if they go away from the coaching staff, they might as well go away from Justin, blah, blah, blah. I'm thinking like, why do you default to that? Because the money thing, don't let that be the only determining reason why you let somebody go. Like, mm-hmm. okay, the money thing, I understand there's some significance too, but Justin's not going to cost you a whole bunch next year or the year after. You still got two years, two full, two full, two full football seasons before you quote unquote have to pay him X amount of dollars. Mm-hmm. So you can still build around this and then, you know, you can figure out things financially. You've got two years to figure that out. Why is it that all these other teams can but, figure but, things out financially, but, he- but somehow we got we to gotta give in to the, well, you know, you got to start but- over because of the money thing. And what and what my thing is, if we get into the position where we gotta pay him, break the bank to pay him, that must mean he's fucking doing his job at a high level, people. Like that's the thing that I'm like, everybody like, you know what? If you gotta pay him, what do you mean he's doing what he's supposed to do? Right, that's what you're trying to get to. I want them to pay him. It's like these people. Are we serious? It's it's the same mentality. It's the same. I say unrealistic knucklehead, not really. It's the same fantasy 
my mentality that went into people saying this year, the Bears are a playoff team, but the Bears, you know, Justin should have that special leap like all these other players, the the the, the Allens and the Hurts of the world, and because he has this and the, and the Bears all this talent. I'm looking at 10 and 7 as a floor. Like, dude, slow your roll. You're not taking everything into consideration. You got to take these other things into context. I, th I think I was on that boat. Just... <laughs> okay. But but what I'm saying is it's like, it's like, hold on. It's like, wait a moment. And the same thing here, like what you're saying with, with Justin, if he's doing well, then okay, that's invariably eventually what you want, right? Because you seem how you seem these people somehow seem to think, well, okay, let Justin go, bring in Caleb Williams, and you think in three years that automatically means we're going to be in a Super Bowl situation, we're going to be in a, a Pat Mahomes situation, and that we're going to be winning, and they all this no, don't you, everybody, don't you think everybody else is trying to do the same thing? Don't you think everyone else is trying to put themselves in situations? You have no idea what's going to happen over the next three years that's going to guarantee that just because you start over with Caleb Williams and a new coaching staff, that it's all going to work. It could still fail miserably. I like the devil that you know as opposed to some devil that you think you know or you think how you're going to have it figured out because you don't know what that's like. You don't know how Caleb is going to to, to handle adversity at an NFL level. You don't know if you get Caleb, obviously that means you're going to get a new coaching staff. You don't know if you're going to hit on that new head coach. You don't know if that new head coach is going to hire the right defensive coordinator or offensive coordinator and subsequent co position coaches. And you don't know how the players are going to react to these new, this new coaching staff. And the contract for these players or something else that you're going to have to factor in because their contracts aren't going to align with the new quarterback that's coming in. And you're going to have to still hit on your draft picks. And if you get go to Caleb, you're not going to have as many draft picks because you're going to get more draft picks, which increases your margin for error. Mm -hmm. If you trade that first pick as opposed to taking the first pick, because that second pick you trade down, it's not going to get you as much. If you even trade down at that point, because then you may have to align some player at that point with the Caleb person, i.e. if you draft a wide receiver. So there's a lot more that is unknown than what you can deal with right now, What you do have is unknown. You do know that Justin can make special plays. The concern with Justin's is how consistent can he be? Well, part of that consistency ties into the execution of the players around him and the coordination of the coordinator that puts those plays out there to be executed. That's part of that. But other than that, Justin can handle the physicality of the NFL. We've seen that. He's shown the leadership. He's shown that he can handle adversity. He's shown that he can handle adversity on the field as well as address it off the field. He's shown that he has an ability to, you know, keep his head and focus on football. There aren't any extracurricular activities outside of football that seem to be pulling Justin away from football. He seems committed to football. You know how the team acts around him. You know that with that first pick, you can get a litany of other picks that can help your margin of error. You do know your offensive coordinator is not good, so there's an adjustment you can make, but that's a minor one as opposed to whole coaching staff. You're talking about a specific coaching position. And, hey, I don't know. It's not like we haven't seen a team make a change with the offensive coordinator in season and have success. I give you exhibit A, Buffalo Bills. Okay? I give you exhibit B, the Raiders seem to be playing a lot better since they got rid of their knucklehead head coach. Mm -hmm. Okay, we've seen other adjustments be made in season to where they make an adjustment at a coordinating position and it seems to pan out for that team. You mean to tell me you can't make an adjustment out of season and you have a whole off season to work that into something? I think you can do that. So I don't understand the mentality of people who think that it's just going to happen because you say so or because, okay, well, no, you got to do this and you start all over again. There's no guarantee that that's going to work. And then 
I end with the saying, there's literally no guarantee that Caleb Williams and his people are going to even want to come to Chicago. Because as I've said time and time again, if I'm his agent, I'm like, hell no, you ain't going to Chicago. We're going to leverage you out of Chicago. So that I means did. you're settling for a quarterback that's not Caleb Williams, which is Drake May. And I don't think if Drake May is a poor man's Herbert, I don't want him. Because Herbert, it doesn't look special. Hasn't looked special since his rookie year to me. And you look at Lawrence, Lawrence looked very fallible to me in that game. He fumbled, he fumbled the ball worse than Justin. He didn't even get hit. He fumbled the ball. Man, my, my thing is this, man. This whole generational talent, all this shit. What's what's pissing me off about it is the fact that they act like this is the last crop of generational talents at the quarterback position we will ever see. That's how they're making this out to be. You can't pass on a generational talent. Yes, the hell we can. We can continue to build this roster. And I'm I'm more than willing to believe in 2025, if Justin Fields don't prove to be what we think he should be, there will be a generational talent in that draft that we can possibly go get. Let's be real. Or we can be like the Cowboys. We can be like the Eagles. We can be like the 49ers. We can go get a quarterback that can manage our teams because we have a solid roster. How about we do that? I mean, that kind of goes – Leads to leads to the whole segue. It kind of leads to the next (laughs) thing that we want to touch on, and I wasn't even trying to do that, but perfect. It actually kind of leads to. So you can talk about this better because I did. I so I heard uh, that that Cam talked about some quarterbacks that he called game managers. One being Mm -hmm. Brock Purdy. uh, I think he called Dak Prescott Prescott, a a game manager. To the tag of my law. Okay. And then I guess Kimberly Martin from ESPN came at him. They yes. Him wrong. So, 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 what, yeah. so what happened here? So he, he, Cam made his comment about, you know, game managers versus game changers. And he listed four quarterbacks that he felt were game managers, which, like you said, Brock Purdy, Jared Goff, Tua Tagovailoa, and he said, and somewhat, Is Dak Prescott. So when they conversation it up, Kimberly Martin, Kimberly Martin, people, I'm not here to judge anyone, but Kimberly Martin, that is a female. We have never seen a female play in the NFL. That's all I'm going to say. But Kimberly Martin, she comes out saying, uh, last time I checked, basically, Cam Newton, you are at home or you're in the year 2023, the year of the backup, you don't even have an NFL job. So basically, she said, you are like, you remind me of those people on Twitter or on social media telling me to stay in the kitchen or something like that. Right, right. That's what she was saying. So basically, she's saying, because Cam, you can't get a job in the NFL currently. Your opinion means nothing. That's why I started this by saying, Kimberly Martin, a female, someone who we know for a fact never played in the NFL is telling a MVP player, former MVP <laughs> that his opinion on the, on the position he played is irrelevant because he can't get a job today, but we're supposed to listen to your opinion <laughs> while you sit across from, and I hate to do this to my boy, Dan, 
I hate to do it because he's my boy. I, I like Dan Orlowski. He kind of is the quarterback. He supports every damn quarterback, it seems like. <laughs> but I hate to do this, but you respect the quarterback like Dan Orlowski's opinion? Career backup. Who was a career backup? On a losing team. They never on a losing that. team. You was know, like on, was he on the on sixteen line? Yes, he was. Like, like so, <laughs> so, like it, it's 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 crazy to me because none of you all came out against Tom Brady when he came out and said the league is just full of bad play right now. Nobody, no. So, like that that was uncalled for. I really, I, I was a, I actually was a fan of her. I actually liked her. Like now. I don't honestly. If she's on a show, I might turn it off. If she's not starting the show with an apology to Cam Newton publicly, I'm probably not going to watch if she's on it. Like because that you attack the person and not the opinion. The opinion, right? You know, and that and that's and that's uncalledful. And Cam, his response was class. Cam' response was phenomenal. Yes, <laughs> was phenomenal. You get a chance and go check it out. You got to see what she said first and then go see Cam's response. It was about 10 minutes of an intellectual ass whooping, if you ask me. <laughs> <laughs> and also RC's response on his platform. And and, and that's and that was another thing. And that's why I feel like she got to come out and probably address this because her own colleagues, some of her colleagues, have, now RC didn't name her, but everybody that know this situation know who he's talking about. Don't right. they? Don't they come on uh, some of these shows together? Yes, you know, they sit next they, to each other. They'll probably be on there tomorrow. Oh, okay, all right, all right. So I'm gonna wake up and I'm gonna turn it on. But like I say, if I first comment say to address what she said, I, I probably turn it off. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm with you, Smoke Man. Here's a guy that that played this game at the highest level. Right, was an MVP, played in the Super Bowl. All right. One of, go back, back up. Go back. Go back. Go. You, you ain't gotta go there. You do one of Heisman. That's right. The dude played. The dude played. Go back before that. Game. Go back before that. He was the juke. He won the juco championship. <laughs> juco championship comes to Auburn in one season. Wins the Heisman. Beats Alabama. Come back from behind. Beats Alabama in the Iron Bowl. Goes to the national championship game. They lose it, but hey, he gets there. No, 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 no. They won it. No, yeah. did they? Did they win? I don't think yeah, they won. Yeah, they won a national championship. They beat Oregon. They beat Oregon. Yes. Okay, so he wins a national championship. My bad. He wins a national championship. <laughs> He's the first pick overall, which means the team's horrible. And keep in mind, people forget that year there was no there was no uh, training camp because there was a lockout. That's 2011. Yeah. So he comes in and with 32 year old uh, wide receiver named Stephen uh, 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 Steve Smith Senior. He comes in and sets a rookie record, throws over 400 yards in that first game. And I think he set a rookie record for most passing yards that year. Over 4,000. Over 4,000. And this is a guy who wasn't supposed to be a passing quarterback. He was supposed to be an athlete at quarterback. And as you said, as as you, I'll go back to where you started, MVP, and as you said, going forward. His opinion is one that I've, I, Whatever it is, I don't care what he says. Just because of the fact that he played the game, you know, he's been been in that situation. His his opinion is valid, no matter what. You know, you don't question that. Well, you can question it, but well, you, you can, yeah, you can go you, and question, but attack the opinion, not the man. Right, right. 
Yeah. Yeah. But, but, but I, I take agree with I point. take his opinion more than you know any of ours. Most of the people that are that are out there <laughs> just based on the fact exactly. he he did it at the highest level, you know? Consistently. Yeah. And, yeah. and like I said, if you go listen to his response, he articulated his point very well. Yeah. He gave Manny. a distinct, he gave a distinct difference between what he views as a game changer, that he views it not to be a negative connotation about the quarterback, which everyone makes it out to be when you call someone a game major manager. He doesn't view it that way, but he does not view them as game changers. He and he elaborates on that point. Yeah, he said Peyton but, Manning and Brady are the two of the best game managers ever. They're Hall of Famers. You know what I'm saying? But it's it's like you know, game. I think he gave an example of who game changers might be in today's game. I think he listed like Mahomes. He said Mahomes, Allen, Rogers, Allen, Rogers, right? Uh, uh, Jalen Hurts, oh Lamar, right, 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 Lamar and Joe Burrow. That Joe Burrow one might might. Needs to go away if, if Brownie keep doing. Oh, doing. Peyton Manning was definitely a, a game manager. Now he could now that no, and that's not to say that he was he was also a game changer. Obviously, just based on on the talent, but but I that's think, but, I don't think Peyton Manning needed an offensive coordinator. No, but, that, I, but, I, but, I, that, I, but that's but that's why you got to listen to what he said because he said he said I'm not taking away the fact that they can do some amazing things. He like but. He like, but those guys that he considered game managers are guys that you can count on to make the right play at the right, right time without putting the ball in harm's way. Hey, right. Manning, he, he could turn that speaker off in his helmet, and he'd be just fine. Him, him and Brady are the ultimate game strategist. Yeah, yeah. You know, which is a, it's a higher level of game managing. Yeah. You know, but they're not, they're not Josh Allen. They're not. And, and a lot of the game changing aspects definitely revolves around a player's athleticism, but it comes from when a play breaks down, what can I do to carry my team? Like John Elway is not a game manager. John Elway would be considered a game changer. Nice. Joe Montana would be considered a game manager. Mm-hmm. And they both play around. Dan Marino, Dan Marino is not a game manager, although he can't move. He's a game changer. Because of the things that he did, nobody else was doing at that time. He his release his 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 superpower was his quick release that changed games, and he had no offensive line. I see he had a decent line, but he had no offensive running game. Yeah, no running. That, he never had a running back. No, and that guy was doing things with the ball. We just we still have really rarely seen anything. Aaron Rodgers might come close to that. And and he had he had Mark Duper for you know Mark Duper was good for what. Five of those seasons, yeah, Clayton and Duper, yeah, for several of those seasons. But Mark Clayton, of that, Mark Duper, and then OJ McDuffie towards yeah. the end. Right, that's all he was dealing with. That's it. Right, you know, you look at uh, Dan Fouts. However, I call him a more of a game manager because of the talent around him. You know, so so there there's there's splitting hairs in some regards, but it has it, it doesn't just have to do with your athleticism. I, I'd say Burrow might be closer to Marino in a sense of. You make things happen on that play. You you do things that are special on that play when the plays break down. Like like Manning, Manning and and and, and to me, like I said, Brady, they're game strategists. They're at a different level of game managing. They're at the highest. They're at the penultimate level of game managing. 
But Roethlisberger, what is Roethlisberger? I, I, I don't, I don't know where he falls. He's somewhere in the middle to me, because he, cause to me, he's not. He, he didn't always manage the game well. But I don't know if he was a game changer. That first Super Bowl that they went to, that wasn't him. <laughs> you know, high oh, yeah. warden yeah. officials yeah. won that Super Bowl. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but you look at that last Super Bowl he was in that they won. He's making some game. I mean, those are some hell of five passes he was making. That damn throw to San Antonio Holmes is still one of the Nuts. craziest throws and catches I've seen in the Nuts. Super Bowl. Yes. <laughs> you know, and but here's the guy who would hold on to the ball. So to me, he's beyond the point of the play call. I think game game changers go beyond the point of the play call when the things break down. How do you carry your team? Yeah. Um, but also, what is the team surrounding you? And in, in, in Roethlisberger is kind of a conundrum. I don't know what you would what, what you classify. He's somewhere in, in the middle of me. But it's clear you look at Tua Tagovailoa, and it's like, dude, you're a game manager. I don't care what you. You don't have a great arm. You're not. You're not. You're not. You're not dicing and slicing and dicing people surgically. You you're better because of the talent around you. I mean, the, let's be real here. Tariq don't come back in that game the other day. They lose. The game he got hurt. He came oh, back yeah. and caught two big passes. Yeah. The two would look like trash. And to, <laughs> that man came back in, caught two passes. And then y'all played the Jets the other day. Them dudes yeah. checked out, man. <laughs> right. You know, so so yeah, I, you know, I, I would say Justin Fields, the only reason why we don't say he's a game changer because we haven't he hasn't won enough games. The winning. Mm-hmm. But you look at Things he did on the field, I'm like, dude, he he goes beyond. He has to because he's being handcuffed by his own his own coordinator. But Justin has that ability to be a game changer. You ask anybody, I think somebody said it. You ask any of the players that are playing against Justin, and they're like, yeah, man, he's a problem. But you want to get rid of him. if you're the Bears. No, we can't keep him. <laughs> what do you mean? The defense has an issue with him. They're they're happy when the when the coaching staff keeps him bottled up. It makes their job easier. You let that wild colt loose out the barn. It's like I can't contend with him. I, you know, I still go back to the the head coach uh, Mike McDonald for uh, uh, the Dolphins last year. He's telling Justin, "Stop it! <laughs> yeah, get on the field. Stop it! Could you, could you please stop? Because we can't we can't do nothing with you. But you want to contain him. It, you know, it, it's it's crazy, man. It's crazy. So back to Kim Lee Martin because I know we went a little bit sideways. Yeah, I, I had I took issue with how she responded because it's like you coming at him like he's a nobody. You coming at him like he's just some chump, like uh, you know, like no. And, he, and here's the thing: he's not wrong in what he said. And even if you don't agree with him, that's still an opinion that has some validity to it based upon his resume. You know, they always put these resumes out there when, when, when you know, when you're watching uh, ESPN and what have you, they put the the, the 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 writers and the athletes put their resume, you know, cover for 15 years if you're a writer or play for 15 years if you're a player. Well, you put Cam's resume up there. It's like, eh, that's pretty. But most of the other guys can't. Oblati can't compete with their resume. At all. None Ryan, of them up there can. Ryan Clark comes the closest because he's got a Super Bowl under his, his belt. You know what I'm saying? That's it. Team, that's a it. team accolade, though. A team accolade. He, you know, individually, he wasn't defensive player of the year. You know, he wasn't defensive back of the year. He might have been defensive back of the week. Who knows? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So it, it's like, you know, you 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 really, before you start criticizing people, you know, be critical. And he, we do it. You know, we, we don't have their accolades and what have you. And as much as I'm a, a Getsy, you know, anti-Getsy, I, I, 
I'm commenting on the things that I see. And I'm commenting on the consistency in the wrong direction of the of the negative uh, results of, of what he does. But I know it's not easy. I know it's not easy calling plays. I know, and, and, and by the same token, we also say not everything is on Getsy. Sometimes these players have to execute. Like we just said mm -hmm. earlier with, with the Tunyon play. Like, dude, I don't know. That was a hell of a call. I give mm -hmm. his props on a hell of a call. That is not your fault. That is not your fault that Mooney didn't make the block. Not completely. I don't know if I want to have Mooney, but who else you got? You know, you don't have a big wide receiver. So then maybe that's on the polls a little bit. Hey, we need to get some size in this receiving court. You know, maybe you have Tunyon be on there. I, I don't know what it is. And sometimes a coordinator can only do with what he has. I understand that too. But we're not saying everything is, is Getsy, but there are a lot of things you can point to Getsy about. And again, the Bears have a lead and they do themselves in and they help the team beat them. Yeah. Like and, and everybody know that I'm I'm anti-Shady McCord like a mother. Anti-Shady McCord. But at the end of the day, I still respect what he did on that field. I don't agree with his quarterback analysis because first off, you didn't play the you didn't play that position. And like a lot of stuff to me just seemed biased in his opinions, not necessarily analytical. But right. I but I do still respect him as a player. Like my my opinion on him, when I come at him, it's to attack his opinion. Right. I will never I'm never attacking that man. But what he did on the field, he's he's probably is he borderline Hall of Famer? I don't know. Maybe no. like I don't know. No. no, but but he was a great player. He was all pro running back. Like yeah. that's something you can't just say like like lightly. Like, but yeah, you attack the opinion, not the player. Man. And she was she was out of line for that completely. Yeah, in her whole exasperated look. That that magnified what she said. That's that was really what did it. Like she's like, I'm just so tired of hearing. Like, whoa, whoa, whoa. First off, he's not someone that's just been making these comments. And then again, you know, I don't know how much of the, the totality of what she heard of his comment, but sometimes stuff can be taken out of context if you're just hearing part of it. If you listen to all the all of what Cam said, there's no way in the world you should come away with her take to, to, to the degree that she made that take. There's no way you should come away with that. You should be like, well, you know, he has a point here. I don't agree with all of it, but I agree with this part of it. You know what I'm saying? That that, that to me, that's probably where that should have laid. Like, like what's what's Mina Kimes? I think she would have handled that different. Like Acho, Acho gave a strong statement after the Cam comments. And I felt like he saw what Kimberly said earlier that day, which led to what he said later that day. What did he say? He 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 basically said he like look, I don't agree with Cam at all, but let's not get it twisted. That is Cam Newton, MVP. Boom boom boom, ran down all this stuff. He like he did it at a high level. Now I don't agree with him, but that's Cam Newton. Like let's not let's not get it twisted here. Like he he gave he he showed how you could respect. The player would not agree with the opinion. You know what that sounds like to me? 
Yeah, he's savvy enough to see what the media, how she got smashed. That's what I say. I know I say. I think he saw. I think he saw what she said, and of course, his show coming on hours or so later. (laughs) All right, right. like he had an opportunity to address it in a different way. You know, I, I and then the other part, and this is where, unfortunately, the gender divide comes into play. She, she being Kimberly Martin's in a sport, a, a male sport, an alpha male type kind of sport mm-hmm. in football, a gladiatorial sport in football, and then she made it about her when she said when she brought the kitchen in, when mm-hmm. she brought in, you know, it's like saying I'm this, and it's the same thing. I got to deal with whoa, whoa, whoa. These, oh, these two things well, are not the same. And she started it by saying, "Let's first let's get past the outfit." Right. That's yeah. how she started her comment. <laughs> right. So. So yeah, she she made that she she made that more about her than it needed to be at, at all. It has nothing to do with any comparison to you. And then, like you said, she attacked a person, and then her exasperated look and her whole attitude about it is one that, when it comes to a, a male sports in particular, especially football you're going to catch the ire of the majority of men who are like, why are you even talking about football? Mm-hmm. Blah, 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 blah. Which goes to her point where, you know, because people don't take, well, you have to factor in that people are going to look at you sideways because you did not play, not at the NFL level. You didn't play at a collegiate level. You probably didn't play at a high school level. You may not even play the game at all. So maybe you should be a little more respectful and a little more, a little more hubris, not hubris, I'm sorry, a little more humility, the opposite of hubris, a little more humility with your statement. She didn't come from a very humble response. She came from a critical response born of an attitude that will make men in, in who, who I observe and say, you know, I've got to say, why are you even talking about this? So, yeah, she kind of brought that on herself <laughs> at the end of the day. <laughs> a, lot, a lot of it is everybody trying to be like Stephen A., yeah, yeah, that's true too. And that whole they all get caught up in how everybody looks and, and right, all this stuff. Right, right. And you know, it's just I, hey, look, Joy Taylor. And I think she, she have a doctor's now. I think she has. Does she have a doctor's or something? I th- I know she's got some elevated uh, educational background to her profession, and she's been around for a while. And you know, obviously, she's a related. She's a sister of uh, Jonathan Ta- uh, Jason Taylor, excuse Jason me, Taylor. Who's, in, who's in the Hall of Fame. And I, I I respect a lot of her hustle and her due diligence and everything to get to where she's got. But I don't agree with her take when it comes to Justin Fields one mm-hmm. iota because I don't think her research, she goes to the same week research. You, you can't go to a quarterback's record as the reason. If you want to put it as, as, Especially when you don't honor a quarterback's record for a quarterback like Jimmy Garoppolo. When when you want to make when you want to make your point of how game changer versus game manager, <laughs> you're gonna you're gonna diminish someone's take when they talk about Kirk Cousins wins games or Jimmy Garoppolo wins games. But then on the flip side, you're going to kill Justin Fields because he's losing games. So you're killing you're killing guys on both sides of the spectrum. Just, just to put your own narrative, and that's so what where do you stand exactly? Just put your own narrative, and it's 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 lazy in my opinion. 
if I'm critical of it, because I've called the FS1s, I call them clowns. So I guess you could say that's a personal attack, but it's their takes and how they present them. That's what I'm saying is clownish. It's not, it's not respective of analytical people who are supposed to be on there for analysis. It's more born of, you know, it's showbiz. Showbiz and, and, and takes. Exactly. Exactly. What's going what's gonna move the needle? And to me, that's that's disingenuous. It's disingenuous. Mm-hmm. Only show to me that that's kind of gotten it right with showbiz and uh, and analysis to me. NBA first, uh, first thing first. Nick Wright can piss me off at times, but he <laughs> gives so many facts. Only thing he really blow me about is is his LeBron takes. He just he just. <laughs> but but outside of that, that's, that's got to be a bit right. His LeBron takes LeBron, yeah, yeah. That's what I say. His LeBron takes, and I think he just keeping those going because that's what he's known for. Right, right. But like he be spot on when it comes to the Bills. He acknowledges that he's a homer for the Chiefs, but he, I mean, hey, the motherfuckers keep winning. He's not wrong. <laughs> he, he, I love Wilds. Wilds know the Patriots stink, and he's just living in misery on the show. <laughs> Like, I love that show. That's one show I do love. I will say, it just to me it gives the entertainment as well as the analysis that that you want. They have their biases, but they are objective as well. In my eyes, yeah, sounds like us. <laughs> <laughs> hey, let's. Uh, you guys want to go in the Bulls? Nah, yeah, let it go. Let it go. By the way, they've they've won. they've won they've won they've uh, won what six, six of the last nine, nine without nine. Zach. He won uh, and and Kobe White looks like he's getting the keys to the uh, to the car here, man. He's been he's been balling out of control since uh, since 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 Zach's been gone. So good for him. And Pat Will has been more aggressive. But yeah, we're not going to talk. Yeah, let's not talk about that. <laughs> Let's go to picks. And uh yeah. I had an awful, awful, awful sports weekend. Including with our picks. 0 and 3 for me. Uh Smoke, you went undefeated. Congratulations. Did? No, no, he didn't. No, he, he did. He went Bears two, game. Two oh, oh, and one. Two oh, and one. What was the Bears game? Bears three was points? three. Yeah. I thought it was three point five. Uh-uh. Three. You sure about that? Positive. Mm. It was three, so uh, so a push there. Who the other two teams? I couldn't remember who else. You picked. had uh, you had the Colts uh, minus one and a half. You won that mm. one, and then uh, you had the no 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 no. Yeah, you won the Colts. And I and had you won the, the Bucks. Bucks. Right? Yeah, the Bucks plus three and a half. And uh, lucky for you, you got out of that Cowboys pick and took the Bears. So that yeah, because that <laughs> that's what I I did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Glenn, you also were undefeated. God damn it. Uh, (laughs) You were 1-0-2. Oh, wow, two times. That's a little better. That's a little better. You took the Bengals at minus three. You had the Browns at minus three. And uh, you got the Ravens at minus three and a half. They they killed Jacksonville uh, last night. By the way, I lost a parlay with with Baltimore. Um. Lamar Jackson uh over under in passing yards two two twenty. I took the over, lost. Yeah. 
14 points uh, for the for the Ravens to score in the game. Won that one, but then lost uh, OBJ 35 yards receiving. Took the over. Mm-hmm. Lost that. So uh said not a good weekend. My fantasy team lost. Awful fantasy day. And uh Dude, yeah, this is overall wise, bad, bad weekend. Fantasy wise, I don't because I think I get two points for being the home team for winning the division. And that would ties me, that would tie me with Mo, but then you go to the tiebreaker with the bench points, and we both got 58. So I don't I don't know. I don't know what the tiebreaker is with that. Well, I'm out. That's all. That's all. I know, <laughs> That's so. all that matters as far as yeah. you're concerned. Yeah, oh. I'm out. So I don't care. <laughs> Later for fantasy. In fact, I think I'm bowing out next year. Oh, no. <laughs> Let's go to picks. Uh, this week, I guess I'm first. Uh, so I'm going to take I'm going to take the Colts to start off. They are two point uh favorites over the Falcons. So they're uh they're giving the Falcons two. I'm gonna take the Colts there. I'm gonna take I am going to take the Wow. The Jags are getting half a point. I got it to pick them. Well, yeah, that- on 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 Caesars, it's a pick. I've never seen a half a point. I've right. on points bet there at a half a point. I've never seen that before. Who that? Uh Jaguars Bucks. Yeah, it's on points bet, but for Caesars, it's pick them. It's pick them, yeah. Um, I'm gonna take the Bears minus the four. Ooh, really? No, they minus four. Yeah, minus four and a half. Four and a half. That's what they are. Yes, uh, yeah, you're right. Four and a half. Yeah, four and I was about half. to say I'm definitely taking it there, but I'm taking four and a half too. And uh no, that's uh, I was thinking about the uh the Giants getting ten and a half against the Eagles. Yeah, uh, the Eagles, I don't know who they are now. Uh, is DeVito that's playing? a lot of points. Yeah. Is DeVito playing? Was yeah. He was he hurt? I thought he got hurt in that Saints game. Oh, I don't know. Uh, the Patriots can't score any points. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to take the Broncos minus the six and a half. Shit, they scored some points on can't see Zappy was balling a little bit. So Colts, Bears, and Broncos. Smoke, who you got? I'm going to go Bengals. Minus two and a half over the Steelers. I'm also taking the Bears. All right. And... Hmm. When does he play? I'm gonna go Browns minus plus two and a half over Houston. All right, Glenn, who you got? 
I'm going to take the Packers on the road against the Panthers at minus Damn, four and a they half. only a four and a half point favorite. <laughs> um, but they're coming off two losses, so um, maybe that might be factor into it. But they're minus four and a half on the road in Carolina. I'm going to take the Bucks and a pick them over the Jaguars. Goddamn Baker Mayfield. Okay. And ba no, Tampa Baker. Get it right now. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm going to take the Ravens on the road in San Francisco plus six and a half. I think the Ravens will win that game, actually. They could. I I'm making a change. Uh I'm taking out the Broncos pick and I'm gonna take the Raiders plus ten and a half. Yeah, I thought about that, Chiefs. too. Yeah, I think that's a good pick. The Raiders have been playing really good ball for the most part. Mm -hmm. The Chiefs have not <laughs> for the most part. Like, if the Chiefs score over 20 points, they'll win. If they had 20, they may lose. <laughs> and they're not going to have enough to cover if they had 20. It's not like they're going to shut out. I mean, I don't know. The Raiders have been playing pretty well. And O'Donnell, or O'Connell, excuse me, has been playing pretty consistently. So, uh, so we'll see. And, that, and that's and that's a that's a that's a rivalry. I mean, that just goes back. So, rivalry games are always tough. All right. Hey, smoke. Uh, another uh, one of your schools got a new football coach, Grand State. Yep. Good Making hire. Bad hire. Yeah. I have no clue. I, I think guess Dave, we'll he was see. at he was at Nebraska last. Okay. I guess we'll see. And then uh results oriented business. Uh your high school Simeon stole my coach, CQ Turner from Kimwood. I'm a little hurt by that. Just a little hey, bit. Hey man, look. You had to come back home, man. You, had to come back you know home. what, man? I, I respect it, man. I you know he you know, he builds something at Kimwood. Now Kimwood. Is yeah, yeah. Hopefully, hopefully we can keep guy. it together. But hey, it's hey, it's 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 awesome to be able to to go back to your to to your alma mater and uh and take over the program. So so good for him. No animosity there. Uh, thank you. I've uh I've talked to him a few times, man. Good dude. So uh so congratulations to you guys on the hire. I'm still mad though. <laughs> <laughs> That's gonna do it for this week's edition of the Easy Smoke and the GM Podcast. We want to thank everyone for listening. We greatly appreciate it. We want to wish everyone uh, a Merry Christmas, a Happy Holidays. Uh, will we be back before the New Year? We got to think about that. Yeah, it's a good question. Right. If we don't get back, Monday. if we don't get back, Happy New Year to everybody. <laughs> happy Holidays. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> we got to see how the schedule works. Uh, you can catch our podcast at Apple Podcasts, Google, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you find your favorite podcast. You can also catch it at hp53productions.com. There you find a link to our podcast and the Super Duper Podcast hosted by Rob Griggs and yours truly and the Father Good Podcast hosted by Marshall Givens and Kenny Stevenson. Yo, Glenn. Yep, yep. Please take us out. Hey, it's like we always say. We ain't saying we're right. We just know we're not Kimberly Martin wrong. Mm. <laughs> yes, sir. Merry Christmas. <laughs>